what's my story? I've been interviewing people now for three years, and I realized that I've never told my story about carving my own fucking path and how I even came to Portugal, which is a big part of my story. And one of the questions that I get asked the most often. So I had a friend interview me. I thought that would be pretty fun. If you're listening really closely, you may hear a little bit of a change in the audio it's because I added some things after the fact. I realized I left out kind of some big important details. And I want to give a quick shout out to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me into your ears because I know there's a lot of noise out there. And the fact that you're listening to this and that you tell me you've listened and how it impacted you, it means the freaking world. Thank you so, so much. Okay, on to the show. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Carve Your Own Fucking Path, a podcast made to inspire you to create a life and business on your own terms. You'll hear candid interviews with people who have boldly decided to blaze their own trail and the occasional solo show with me, your host. I'm Willa McDonough, on-camera coach, storyteller, and remote video producer. Five years ago, I moved from my home base of San Francisco to the coast of Portugal, taking a big leap into the unknown. Some called it courageous, I called it carving my own fucking path. Today I live in Lisbon and run a business that elevates your online presence, helping you show up confidently on camera to create videos that showcase your brand and personality so you can get more visibility and attract clients by being yourself. If you're just starting out in business or you've been doing it for a while, you're sure to pick up tidbits of actionable advice and hopefully feel inspired by stories from people who have chosen the unconventional and sometimes messy path. And if you've been waiting for a sign to start carving your own fucking path, this is it. I'm so happy you're here. Okay. Okay. Welcome to carve your own fucking path podcast. I'm here with a dear friend of mine, Mel Miles, who's actually going to interview me. We're going to turn the tables and she's going to ask me some questions because while I love asking you, your story, your path, and how you serve people now, I've never really told my story. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you are here with me and we're going to have some girl talk and who knows where it's going to go. Thanks for listening. Oh, well, I'm honored to do this as a friend, as a podcast host myself. And as someone who's inspired by your story. So is it okay if we just dive right in? Let's dive. Let's do it. All right. So you have this beautiful work in the world about encouraging women and men to carve their own fucking path. But let's start with you. Take us back to your life in San Francisco when you were in, and you were living a very different life. What inspired you to carve your own path? Thanks for the question. What comes to mind immediately is a moment when I saw, I was in a bar and I saw a coaster on the bar and it said, carve your own fucking path. And there was something about it. I had a visceral response that resonated with me really deeply. When I first went to Europe, which was actually in my early thirties, the first day that I arrived, I was in Rome and I had this overwhelming feeling that one day I was going to move there. I just made the decision in my head that one day I would, I would move to Europe with my husband, my family, and have this beautiful life. Years passed and I ended a long-term relationship and then working in this job that I really liked. And then I was suddenly laid off. I found myself in this position of having choices and I chose to right after that layoff, I chose to travel for three months solo in South America. I had never solo traveled before. I was excited, but also nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I had never stayed in a hostel and I was in my mid thirties, mid 36, maybe. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm not going to do that because, um, you know, I'm too old for that. But I ended up doing that because I was alone and I wanted to meet people. And on that trip, my life changed because I gained a new sense of confidence in that I didn't have to wait for anyone to do what I wanted to do. And that translated into many different areas. So when I came home from that trip and meanwhile, I'd met all these people and a lot of them had lived in Europe and we ended up meeting up a year later. When I came home from that trip, I was even more confused about what to do next because my heart was being pulled in different directions. And it was like a battle of the mind and the heart. 
but I ultimately didn't have this feeling that I needed to wait anymore for anyone to do something. A year later, I went to visit these friends in Barcelona. And while on that trip, um, I had recently gotten into surfing as well. So I'm from Northern California, it's freezing cold and it's not the easiest sport in general, but I, I started surfing with a friend and we just had the best time. So every destination that I went to, I started choosing places where I could surf. So I would want to go to Mexico and I would book a ticket and two days later I would go. So I really started becoming more spontaneous, but also just taking charge of my life a bit more. And so while on this trip to Spain, I was wanting to spend my last week in Europe surfing and doing yoga and detoxing, let's just say, because Barcelona can be quite, quite extreme. And I ended up in Portugal last minute. I mean, I, I booked my ticket the next day I arrived, didn't know anyone, but I went on a recommendation to go to this, this surf town. This is back in 2016. So at that time I started messaging friends, any, you know, world traveler friends and, and asking anyone I could what do you know about Portugal? Should I stay in Lisbon? Is it a dump? What is this place? I had heard that it was good waves and that it was cheap. For some reason, the cheap part, I I thought it wouldn't be a very nice place. So I had no expectations. I had never Googled an image of what Lisbon looked like. Portugal was totally a mystery. So when I arrived in Lisbon, first of all, there's a Golden Gate Bridge here and there is trams, all very much similar to San Francisco. And it turns out it's the sister city. And I was blown away by the similarities to California. And I made my way to this small surf town called Ericeira and booked into this uh, a guest house. And the following week was a series of adventures and connecting to people, especially women on, on a different level because I had felt quite out of place back home in what I had, my interests and a lifestyle that I was wanting to create. So on that trip, made connections, road trip to camp, slept on the beach, under the stars, surfed and felt pretty free. I, I, I can't describe it any other way than just this, this discovery and freedom. And I also was going through this mental kind of struggle around like what, what's next for me and trying to figure that out, I guess. And but I saw people living a certain way that I admired. And I decided to come back three months later. At the time I was living in New York, I was doing a, an apartment swap with a friend. So she was in my place in San Francisco. And so I was in New York thinking, okay, career-wise, this is the smartest move. I shouldn't move here it really uh, because I wasn't landing any jobs in, in, in San Francisco and video production. I thought, okay, New York. While I was there, I met with this producer that I actually had met in Lisbon. And we had connected through another friend and, and let's just say I met up with him and I told him that, look, I, I think I should move to New York because that's the right move. I should, I should, I should, but my dream is to live in Europe one day. And he looked at me and he said, if I can give you any advice, if that's your dream, do it now. Don't wait. Don't put it off because I had a similar dream, but it was to move to LA and I never did. And now I'm married. I've got kids and my wife does not want to move to LA. So I'm here, I'm stuck. So if you don't have a lot of ties, do it. And that really was the permission slip. I, I subconsciously was seeking. I went back three months later and on that trip, I had a one-way ticket and I went back to that small town and spent six weeks. It was not planned. It was not structured. It was a seemingly wait, one to two week trip where I was actually doing some video um, work. I, I shot some promotional content for Lisbon because back then I was a bit of a nobody, but I you know, have a bit of journalism experience and video. And so I made a, a couple projects. And so they put me up in hotels and I went around and this would not exist today, obviously, because Lisbon is completely saturated. But back then they were open to people coming and helping them with their, their promotion of, of tourism. So I stayed and ended up meeting someone that owned half of this village that I was staying in. And I, on the spot, offered to, we, we, he showed me some of his apartments that he had and he was renting on Airbnb and on the spot, I had the biggest pull, gut feeling that I 
that I should make an offer on this apartment to, to rent for the year. Like, what would he offer? You know, what would he be open to? We shook hands. He's like, great. You can rent it for a year. It's this much. And it was a lot less than what I was paying in San Francisco for a very small shitty apartment. And I decided, shook hands. I said, okay, great. I'll rent it. And called my mom. And I said, mom, I'm moving to Portugal. She wasn't surprised actually, because I had tra been traveling a lot in it. And, and while it, it felt really extreme in my head to her, and others, it, it wasn't that big of a shock. So that, that just showed, I think how much I was openly seeking something different. And so came home and started making plans to move. And I had no, there was no, no information. I didn't know about visas. I didn't know anything. And back then there was no websites. I mean, it was, it was completely, especially for an American, it was, it was not common. And so I found my way back in three months. The, the visa process was about three months, packed my life up and went to Iceland with a couple of girlfriends before moving to Portugal. And we spent a week in Iceland. And I remember thinking, this is insane. I'm in Iceland. I'm everything I'm moving with, I have with me right now. And I have to learn how to drive stick because I'd rented a car in Lisbon. I, I did not know how to drive stick. It's so American of me, but I didn't know how. And so I learned, uh, I was watching YouTube videos and quick. And then I also went to Morocco right before. So I went to Morocco, got some home decor to decorate this Airbnb property that I was going to be renting out as my business, went to Morocco and then landed in Lisbon, rented the car. And I had envisioned this moment of me driving this car out to Erisera and that it was just this moment of complete freedom and this new chapter was going to begin. And I played this over and over in my head. So when I was experiencing it and it was raining and I didn't really know how to drive very well, it was a bit more complicated, but I, I experienced that moment that I had envisioned. And I just, it was like, it was surreal. I am sure you can relate when you, you envision something and it's happening and like holy shit this is this is really happening now and uh that was march of 2017 and i've been here ever since the decision hasn't changed and i think that that's pretty big because it's easy to run back home or run somewhere else but i've chosen to be here because i've realized it's it's really about building a home within and also community i think it's become a quite a melting pot here of a unique subset of people that have chosen this place as their home and also that are seeking something that connects on a, on a more authentic level. Living in a city like San Francisco and growing up in that area of high achievers, doers, people are living really amazing lives. And I think I, I compared myself for a long time and, and that didn't feel good. It never feels good to compare. And this was like pre Instagram and social media. So now it's like an inundation of all that stuff. But I think um, there was, there was this inner like misalignment, I guess, in a way of like, I was, I was going along, but wanting to do the other direction, but not knowing if, if it was okay. And so you're going through this inner um, transformation, right? That there's a lot of inner work we have to do before we make a decision to change our life. True. Yeah. Was there anything that was there? Was it pain? Was it like what? If you had to look back on your your younger self that was in that moment of transformation, like, am I going to take a different path or not? What advice would you give to that girl that was in the midst of that decision making? Well, I can distinctly remember a moment when. I was really struggling. I had been laid off from a job. So that happened. I got laid off. It was a blow to my ego, even though I wanted to leave the job, but just the fact that I didn't have control over that, that choice. So I was then like propelled into a world where I didn't have a grounding anymore. It didn't have that security, which, you know, I've learned it's not, that's not secure anyway. Um, that was seven years ago, the last job I've ever had. And I remember I was like, uh, a lot of identity was tied up in that. And I would definitely tell her not to tie your identity to anything or anyone, especially a job. And that doesn't define worth. And I put so much of my self-worth 
in whether or not I had, let's say, a, a job to fall back on or a relationship or something to tie myself to. And when I didn't have those things, I started to listen and traveling was something that I, I was drawn to. And I kept doing that because it felt really good. And so when I was doing these things and feeling alive again, a friend of mine, I said, what am I running away from? Because I had a lot of insecurity. What am I, what, what's wrong that I'm wanting to live differently because I was taking it as a personal failure. And she said, you're not running away. You're running towards yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was a definite defining moment of like, wow. Yeah. Why am I in such conflict and just letting it, letting it unfold and really listening. And so I think from, from that point, it was a long series of events, a lot of one-way tickets, a lot of spontaneity, a lot of saying yes to things and also really listening and that intuitive pull, which I think I had been ignoring for a long time. And walk us through what were two or three of the top decisions you made after you left San Francisco that have helped you create the life you've had now, the life you have now. Hmm. You're so good at the questions. Um, (laughs) A couple of decisions. Well, first of all, the permission that ultimately no one is going to give you permission. So I think I just, I kept allowing myself to make decisions without caring what other people thought. And what I learned is that people don't really care. And the things that seem crazy to you, people will will say to you, I wanna do that. I wish I had the courage to do that. That blew my mind. Uh, because I, I really never thought of myself as courageous ever. Mm. And so that, that's one thing is, is keep, you know, making decisions that were focused on what I wanted and not pleasing anyone else. Um, I'm sure people would say that I probably don't do many things to please others necessarily, but internally I really, it was a real struggle and to keep checking in. I I've lived in Lisbon for almost six years or lived in Portugal. And I think it's been this continuous checking in. And what, what I've also done though, is lived a bit on the, am I in or out? And I've lived kind of both places. I go home a lot and I spend time there and maintain a life there, friends, family. And this is the first year that I've really put, I think my stake in the ground and and decided I'm here and I don't need to be anywhere else because everywhere you go, there you are. One of my favorite quotes and one of my like scariest quotes too, having moved around a lot and changed my external um, quite often in order to feel something different on the inside. So that's something I learned kind of a long time ago, but it took me a long time to actually implement it. And I think finding that internal place of okay I'm fine wherever I go and yes I found an amazing place but it's a choice a constant choice it isn't um it's really hard for me to think about long long term and I think that that I've just realized as well that it doesn't really matter as long as inside there's some clarity because otherwise Mm, things on the outside will reflect back and be unstable well, uh, can you give us a glimpse into your life here? I'm your friend. And so I know that this beautiful <laughs> life you've lived, but on the other side of, you know, leaving friends and family, setting out on this journey to see what it would be like to live in Portugal, you have created a, a daily rhythm and a life here. Could you let people know what that looks mm-hmm. like? A day in the life. Well, I have to, it's good to reflect on this because I, I think uh, I hear this sometimes about real life. It's not really real life or um, like this, that, that it's different than, than what you create. And I think that's something that we have to look at. And, and I, and I do it often and say, this is real life. This isn't just a blip on the radar. This isn't just a, a vacation mode. Although freedom has always been one of my number one values. Um, and I, and that 
when I realized that I, I, it was like, oh yeah, okay. This makes sense. This makes a lot of sense. This is like the driving force underneath a lot of things. And a day in the life is yoga early in the morning at a beautiful studio and a couple days a week going to another beautiful space in nature outside of Lisbon. And it's a members club co-work space and it feels like home. So I go to a place with incredible people that have become lifelong friends and we connect and we also, you know, work out of there and we all have our own businesses, interests, passions, collaborations, all of these things. And then, you know, we close our laptop and then we're, we're all together sharing a meal, a sunset, swimming in the ocean, doing mushroom ceremonies and cacao ceremonies, uh, any, I mean, being in nature dinners. And so it's a very social life that we live. And I realized again, that like social, a social network is incredibly important. I don't have children or living with, I'm not living with a partner. So I think that, especially as an expat, an immigrant is like, we're here really seeking those connections and people we can rely on. And it's taken a while to, to really get to that place. But I think I've found an incredible community that, that I can be myself and, and I feel like people are really there, Mm -hmm. Uh, which, which did take a, a while because I think as women, independent women, a lot of us have moved by ourselves And in that it's like, it's, it takes some time to really find those people that you can call real friends because there's this instability around, there's a transient nature and having been here and I've lived many seasons, you could say, um, then there's been a lot of people that have come and gone, but, but ultimately there's this, like this feeling of being rooted and supported And I feel like there's a lot of growth. And I think that's a lot because a lot of us have come here on our second go. We've, we've lived lives. We've been married. We've had experiences and then we're coming here to kind of settle in and be a truer version of ourselves. So I think that's why the community is so strong. I agree. I think we all are deeply curious about what the authentic version of ourselves is that we've had this armor. We've had a season of being the version we thought we needed to be to be safe and loved in the world and realize that version didn't really work out. (laughs) So who, like, what is the version of Willow you want the world to know? Like, what is the most aligned, Mm. true, authentic version of Willow that you find you can express now and that you want the world to know about? Damn. It's a good one. Um, okay. So that, that's a great question. And, and there's this, uh, again, this inner, inner struggle, I would say around showing up online authentically in real life. I don't think I struggle with that. I always say when I don't hide much, I don't pretend to be anybody. And but online, which is something that I help others with, is using my background of, of video and communications. My own stuff, I think there's this, there's a block there or there's um, a wall around what is it? What is this version? And I think that's why we can curate our lives in a certain way. And that's why online is, is a beautiful place to reach many people and connect, but also the the curation process. And so when people say, because this is a lot of the time when I'm like, when it's reflected back to me is someone who does follow their heart, carve their own fucking path and hopefully inspire others to do the same because I wish And I did have some people and people that were far removed, not necessarily close friends, people that were doing this and, and, you know, and turning around and saying, just take the the leap 
it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be better for it because the longer that you stay in this inner conflict zone and not taking a step in any direction, you just end up wasting so much time. So I think if anything, it's, it's someone who goes forward and also supports others in doing the same. Mm-hmm. All right. Can yeah. we have some girl talk? Girl talk. Let's go. I feel like we have to ask this question that <laughs> you are, you have carved your own freaking path, right? You're a woman, mm-hmm. right? That ended mm-hmm. up not like having kids early mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. You chose to prioritize yourself. What do you what is your what is your philosophy on relationships, on singleness and connection? Below? <laughs> this is Tell gonna be a long podcast. Details because whether you're a man or woman, right? I think a lot of our path is defined by the constructs of how we are supposed to like re- relate romantically with people. Mm-hmm. And part of carving our own path. Um, and we'll get to work. That's my next question. Mm. But I think love and connection is a big one. So yeah, how huge. share. Oof. Um I, I, I always say I lived life a bit in reverse. You kind of did in a way too. Uh, having had very serious relationships really young and uh, craving, I think that coming from a, a broken home, uh, I think subconsciously always wanting to create a home with someone. So 19, moving in with my first boyfriend. And then two years later, in with another one a couple of years later. And I mean, it was, a, I was like a serial monogamist and living with them. So uh, taking it up a, a level and I didn't have the emotional maturity or, you know, to really be doing the, those things. So I spent all of my twenties until my mid thirties in a serious relationship. And it partially I was ignoring the, the fully stepping into to who I wanted to be, who I was. And I really uh, spent a lot of time hiding behind this person or resting on that person. It's like, I see these visuals of kind of in the shadows and then also using this, you know, person as um, validation and self-worth and things like that. And so I think when I broke away from that and it was the scary, scariest thing I've ever done, but also the most liberating. And again, it's like taking that blind leap, you know? So I think relationships have played such a big role in defining moments like throughout my life. And so I've not had many relationships since I've been here and I moved in my late thirties. And so I I think I I had a, a vision for what I wanted to happen and it didn't work out the way I, I envisioned, but I was also making different choices. You don't move to a tiny town in the middle of nowhere wanting to find your life partner. I mean, you might, that might happen, but I, it, the focus was elsewhere. And so I think um, it it was a several years of of experiencing myself just on my own, which is always a good thing as, as lonely as it can feel or a struggle and all those, all those kind of negatives. I think being single has literally been some of the best years of my life for sure. Underneath all that, there is a deep craving for that partnership and realizing also that the growth really can come in relationship rather than having to be on your own all the time. And while there's value in that, I also think being in, in partnership is, is it's the mirror. And I've had my mirror held up recently and it ain't pretty sometimes <laughs> because I, I, I used to hear this, like being single is easier. It's easier. I'm like, no way. So much harder to be alone. And, uh, you know, and now I can definitely verify it is easier to be single because that mirror isn't, isn't held up as much. And now I'm forgetting the exact question, but uh, I, I ultimately think that the choices that I've made have made it harder in a way. And also I have to take responsibility for all of that. 
but with relationships, I also feel like, you know, we attract where we are and, and a bit of who we are. So all of those things, um, I can't keep blaming and say, you know, I moved here. I messed up my life. Cause that's sometimes my inner dialogue. Like what the fuck did I do? I just completely threw these, these opportunities away. And I, you know, I went this other direction. Um, but at the same time, I think it's, it's been showing like, you need to really look at what, what are these patterns? Because I'm, you know, always the common denominator and all these scenarios. Yeah. I mean, we're in the relationship with ourselves first and foremost, right? Exactly. Yeah. And we bring whatever it is, our, our wounds or behaviors into any relationship. Well, thank you for sharing yeah. and being vulnerable because <laughs> I know that's a value of yours and to share with um, the world is great. Thank you for the question. Yeah. So let's switch to carving your own fucking path in your career. Mm. So you spend a lot of time promoting other people's voices and brands, but mm -hmm. especially as you look ahead to the new year, how are you carving your own path in work? Well, I think there's some things to be looked at deeper because ultimately I wanted to find a way that I could stay in Lisbon and work here and also use a skill set that I've had. And so having an online business is still really new and I've learned a lot. I've failed a lot, um, tried this and tried that. And, and I don't feel like I've gotten there. It's definitely still a, a major evolution. And, but I'm really grateful that we like live in a time that, that we can work from anywhere and then I can have connections and tap into a network that, that I've had for a long time that I didn't know the value until you meet it. That's another thing is for people to, to realize like having a network and is, is your biggest asset. And I really love helping people show up on camera. I really enjoyed that aspect of things because I know how scary it can be and also how powerful it can be when you actually get your message across and hiding doesn't do anyone any good. And when I see that, and I'm working with clients in that way, I see myself sometimes. And recently that's come up for me where I, I feel like I've been hiding a little bit and amplifying other voices, which I will always do but there's power in sharing again, your own story and also stepping into the light, not ego wise, but also because there's a deeper calling there. And so I'm really listening to that more and, and going, yeah, kind of just taking it a level deeper because I've now proven to myself, I can create a business. It can, it can be a business while it can be much bigger, better, all the things, there's something in that that sometimes I don't really acknowledge it. And recently, I, I, yeah, I realized it's been seven years since I've had a job. That's pretty crazy. I remember how scary that was. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? And freaking out. And then eventually things work out in a way because looking at values, like if freedom, freedom has been my number one and I have not been free for, for that long until it was um, a, a much more conscious decision. And so I think believing that it's possible because for a long time, I didn't believe it was possible. And so now it's just like, take that one step and then the next one. And sometimes I find goal setting a bit useless for me because the goal seems so big. It's, um, it is a gradual, it's a, it's a process. Mm -hmm. So I think ultimately going deeper and really showing up more, more authentically and with a purpose and that purpose getting more clear as time goes on. So can we look forward to anything in 2023 from you? Is there anything you want to share or yeah. still secret? I mean, not many secrets, but I think if anything, it's, it's a, it's an offering a different offering and, and also putting myself out there a bit more because like podcasting has been definitely a, an amazing, like really fun side project. So I think even going further with that, going deeper on topics myself and, and so kind of building out 
building out um, that and and being on camera more, I think really ultimately, because I really, really enjoy it. So something fun, uh, you know, potentially in Lisbon, doing things like that more in person and doing, I'm doing, yeah, much more in person. That's really, I think the change uh, in, in 2023. And I'm so grateful for the remote business. I mean, life-changing completely. And I also really miss and want more of this personal mm-hmm. interaction and, and collaboration <laughs> and things like that. So really grateful for that because this community is pretty incredible. And I think I've been, I haven't looked at it as, um, for some reason, again, limiting beliefs, keeping me, uh, believing that I didn't really have much here, that everything was online or over there. It's like, it's just, it's more about focusing in and actually being much more present. Mm, I love that. So the audience has sent in some questions and there's some good juicy ones in here. So we are going to um ask some questions from the audience the first one being um if you could go back in time and say one thing to your younger self what would it be Mm, how young um okay so I would say a lot of things and it actually contradicts itself a bit because I would say don't take yourself so seriously but then I would say, take yourself more serious. Mm-hmm. I would say both those things. Yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> How about, and you've talked about this a little bit, but perhaps maybe in your, in your personal life, you want to share something. What's the biggest hurdle you've had in the pursuit of your, your passion in this life? The biggest hurdle is myself. I would say the, the inner, inner dialogue and second guessing, doubting, not believing all, all of that biggest hurdle. And I see it so clearly in others. I think this is why I can see how we are our own biggest hurdle. And so in so many things, and I, So I think that would be the biggest one is actually not thinking I need X, Y, Z. I think support is, is, is incredibly valuable and necessary, but ultimately knowing that, that I have the, the capabilities, the power to do and create exactly what I want to. The answer. Yeah. I agree that oftentimes, yeah, we're our own biggest barrier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the trauma mm-hmm. and the the pain that we've experienced in our life kind of keeps us stuck. Definitely. Um, all right, this is a question from Fran asking, oh, I love this one because we, <laughs> we talk a lot about play and I'm obviously biased on this, I believe, in the healing power of play and rest and pleasure. And oftentimes it's our inner child, right? The version of us before we met all the expectations of the world. Mm-hmm that just wanted certain things. But um, Fran asked, what would your inner child tell you now? Mm. Don't ever grow up. It doesn't look like you are anytime soon. <laughs> so keep going. I Yeah, going back to that serious thing, because I think the, the lightness and the playfulness is is so important. And there's really nothing better than those belly laughs with your friends and it the world just makes sense in those moments yeah exactly yeah Yeah. speaking of that one of your friends (laughs) asked how how do you make the same flamingo pose and not fall (laughs) tell us below how does one make a flamingo pose and not fall i'm trying to think what is that like one 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 leg That's that's a tough one. Training. Um, <laughs> another another member of the audience asked, "What is your best dance move?" Oh, I would say the the best one is the one you don't really give a shit about if anyone's watching, which is how I dance anyway. That's always been an area where I feel free. 
grateful for that because uh it's definitely the best the best feeling mm-hmm. it's not giving a fuck <laughs> what is the time recently when you didn't give a fuck mm. and just dis- maybe disappointed what is the time where you disappointed someone because you didn't give a fuck and Oof. you chose yourself really recent uh I would say in, in relationships, like doing something because it felt good, knowing that there would be a consequence or a potential, um, a potential, it would affect someone else negatively. And I think sometimes it can be confused for, uh, or like selfishness, which I, I've learned is actually a positive, is knowing when to be selfish. And also being able to identify this is potentially hurtful to someone else. And so why that, 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 that five minutes, 10 minutes, 24 hours of uh, pleasure or fun, whatever, you know, you want to say it is like, it's, it does have its, its potential consequences. And so I think that's, that's something that ultimately doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for anyone involved so there's the carefree the not caring and then there's the the other side where it's you know more harmful what inner dialogue do you use when you find yourself wanting to please people or perhaps fit in or there's this like nice girl willow mm. what is the inner dialogue you use to reconnect to your authentic self and perhaps perhaps this may be not the nice girl willow right the, the willow that's willing to to honor herself and her needs and desires mm-hmm. walk us through maybe some of the tools you have or just how you talk to that girl when she's faced with a situation where maybe she feels obligated to please someone else but she knows deep down that she needs to choose herself it's the it's like checking in and I've had to come up like this has been a, a a theme lately because I am a yes person. Friends that they love that about me, and I'm it's I think it's just me. I'm yes, I'm I'm open, I'm flexible, and I've really started to notice how saying no is the most powerful thing because in that there is this potential for letting others down, but on the other side it allows for, for that space, for the silence, the quiet. And I live alone, for example, I've lived alone a long time. And sometimes I think I get so much alone time. I'm alone all the time. And it's not really true. I think I really, I give a lot of energy to others. I get energy from others, extrovert. So I think that's, that's something that's, that I've, I've noticed, but I think recently it's been really checking in like does this matter do I need to do this and also thinking ahead and I see myself the next day the next morning the next thing and I see the trip the the trickle down effect I used to really live in the moment I miss those days I miss that version of me but ultimately when I do think ahead that's when I know I'm taking care of myself and I don't get FOMO that much anymore. <laughs> I used to get it a lot. I mean, I'm like way back teenage years. I was like, I always had to be in the mix and, and all those things. But ultimately now I'm like, nope, it's, it's does, it just doesn't matter. I matter. So I think that's that's been a big reflection of where I'm at. And also there's so much stimulus around here. There's so much, there's so many things going on. And I think we live in a unique place with so much mm-hmm. options and and having a community that is like a family. And so that's, uh, there's always something to do. And I think that's been something I'm, I'm realizing is if it's not lifting me up or, uh, you know, have again, being with, with a close friend, drinking tea, having a conversation that to me is the most rewarding. And I would say, yeah, uplifting thing that I could do. Like it's a gift, you know, rather than staying out all night, which that can be fun sometimes too. But yeah, mm-hmm. maybe I'm finally, finally going out <laughs> a little bit. 
but we have a good rhythm. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Willow can come over to my house when she knows I like put my pajamas on at a certain time and she'll be watching me brush my teeth. But yeah. that's so wonderful to have friendships that can be natural and organic and we don't have to do yeah. things fancy. It can just be it's true. Night in. But speaking of, so some of your audience that are sending in questions don't live in Portugal. Mm. Uh, so I'm interviewing you. I obviously know about this country and this community, but for people that love you and your audience from back in the U.S., can you just give them like a glimpse into what is living in Portugal like? It is, for all my Californian friends, it is the California of Europe. It has the sun, the beach, the laid backness, much more laid back than California as a culture, which I really love that going back to not taking yourself so serious. I really love being in a country where there isn't a lot of seriousness. There's a long history, there's a heavy history, but ultimately a culture that that lives life day by day. They take things as it comes. And it's really amplified my, my impatience and frustrations with things not going smoothly with inefficiencies and also just not thinking outside the box. I realize as an American, like we, we think about solutions, we take action and it's customers always write those things. There's also this entitlement that comes with that. So here, you know, you have to, I've had to let some of those things go and, and adjust. And I, I think that's, if anything, a great experience for anyone thinking that the rest of the world operates on this rhythm. It has a lot of authenticity and that's what Europe has always meant to me was this rich, authentic, quaint, deep like history of yeah, a past that that goes back thousands of years. And I think being able to live here and experience that on a daily basis, there's something very grounding about it and beautiful. Uh, again, like such a, an international community. So we'll be sitting at dinner and there's 10 countries, like people from 10, 10 different places. And I love that. And no day is the same. I think living abroad has quieted this inner wanderlust, this like zest for I need to be here and there. And I mean, I don't, I think I'll always love travel, but I haven't traveled in years. Like, honestly, I go back to California and that's it because I get, it's such a challenge being in a new place all the time, language, uh, culture, differences, everything. So I think it, if anything, I feel much more alive. Like mm -hmm. I walk out my door and I feel like I'm alive mm -hmm. and that's what, what this place represents. When I, when I fly back here, I have this giddiness I have like butterflies in my stomach and this is going on six years of this feeling and I'm like holy shit this is home this isn't vacation <laughs> you know this is this is home and I I hope that feeling never goes mm -hmm. away but I think part of it is is living more in alignment like finding a place it doesn't need to be a different country it doesn't need to be a different town but it's it's really honoring what feels good to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I agree. I think so many people that are immigrants that live in Portugal came here for an alignment of values. And I mean, I'm here because of the freedom, because mm -hmm. of the slower pace of life. But it does, I think, you know, we are the product of our environment to some extent. And the environment around yeah. us has been such a gift in, in, in slowing down and connecting to ourselves. And yeah. Um, sharing life with people that also value similar things exactly it's a melting pot of that <laughs> so it's a unique subset of people i i think you know mm -hmm. well um willow last question what is one before we play a little game what is one secret or something people don't know about you oh i asked this last night actually when we did it, we were doing a group and I was like, oh, I'm going to ask it a good question. And I thought I would never want to answer this myself. Uh, and of course, Mel, back to you. Mel asks me that. What is this, some, that someone doesn't know about me? Yeah. Or a secret oh. that you're willing to share. Mm. 
I don't know if it's a secret. It, it's not necessarily, but I think the outward life that I've represented or or shown or something is that just free, um, you know, no no responsibilities, that kind of thing. But ultimately, I want a very simple life and that's what I'm craving the most I think is is the the partnership and I would love to have one kid adopt totally fine with that but really I want to experience that and I've not openly admitted that because I'm scared that it won't happen thanks for sharing yes and I'm saying what we want out loud is the bravest thing yeah yeah so that would be one of them but again I don't hide much mm. and I'm, I'm grateful to have people to share these things with in in a way so and yeah I always say I'm an open book but I think declaring more of actually what I want which is what a lot of people want and they do and they get it and they have it but I think I've not fully listened or fully expressed that because of of fear mm-hmm. yeah are there any other desires you have maybe for 2023 that you're holding mm. in your body i'm gonna buy an apartment next year yeah that, that is happening i'm that's <laughs> that's been a big thing because it represents a lot more than than four walls and a roof it is it's home and that is what i've been seeking for a long time home within myself, which again, that's also been a big learning and also a home, a base roots. And it doesn't mean that, that my freedom is taken away. If anything, it's like wings can be spread even wider because of this, this home base. And so it, it represents a lot. I've really, I've realized that like, I've been talking about this a long time, but it, it has mm. a, a much deeper meaning than than what I originally thought it meant. Mm, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, sister. All right, we're going to play a game. So I'm going to have a number of words for you. Mm-hmm. And I want you to share just what comes to mind. So I'm going to say a word mm. and you need to say a word back. So stream of consciousness needs to be quick. Don't overthink it. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, ready. Escape. Island. Home. Peace. Unknown life never ending (laughs) (laughs) so good always oh and forever sorry i'm just thinking of cheesy statements (laughs) pain Mm, i feel that one inevitable Mm, pleasure Abundance. Loss. A necessity. Mm, success. Happiness. Tunnel. Mm, pathway. Like, yeah. <laughs> Tunnel vision. Surrender. The ultimate. That's two words, but I can't. Ah, damn it. Ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> Love. Uh, joy. Hmm. Contagious. <sighs> Laughter. Gift. Friendship. Tomorrow. Beautiful. Forgive. gift goodbye transformation limits mm. safety an ending beginning there we go <laughs> ladies and gentlemen the mind of willow carving your own oh. fucking path oh my god so Willow, that was a fun game. But is there anything else in that your heart, fun. sister? Because I appreciate your vulnerability and um, 
I know the people that always see you interviewing others. I really felt like you spoke from your heart and mm. were vulnerable in your shares. So I want to just give you this platform that there's no like Thank objective, you. but I know like your audience is going to love to see like you and the, the energy and the story behind you. So is there anything else in your heart to share? I'm just honestly, this being able to be in this space with you and be able to share that that is the greatest gift that that I feel you know and that's when I said like friendship it's a gift Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and more and more the value of friendship is is so huge and I I think I'll just reflect on our community and our our friendship that I I lived in the west coast of the U.S. as well I think the concept of friendship when you have a busy job it was like a dinner once a week or maybe like once a month you would Mm -hmm. see your friends um and it always just felt hard to fit in um and I I valued friendship but there was like limits to time and had had my routine and I think um one thing that the city has given us is both proximity we all live very close Mm -hmm. as well as um a sense of because we all value freedom that there's you know people like show up at each other's doors or just like hang out at each other's house and um a sense of like weaving that there's not as much like plan and structure but there's just like a deep commitment to be in each other's lives and I think a single friendship is a beautiful bond but then when you like build that out to have like six or eight different people um that can weave in and like really support each other and like you said when we we co-work at the same place um it's a place where you can go hiking you can drink right like we live (laughs) we live all within the kilometer or two of each other um I just and and you're a part of building that right like I think we all can say we value friendship but I just really want to acknowledge your ability to show up your ability to like welcome people to invite people in like there's a an uh, there's a a gift that you also have also chosen the type of friendship you wanted and are willing to go deep and so you're going deep with your audience now but you've also gone deep with your community and that has led to so many cabin weekends and belly laughs and <laughs> adventures in the forest and things that I'm experiencing in friendship for the first time because all of us are are willing to invest the time and say yes to each other and so I know mm-hmm. you're also building a beautiful business and juggling a lot of things but you've said yes to community and it's impacted the city so I just mm-hmm. want to reflect that back to you as another mirror that we all can say we value something but I think part of carving your own fucking path is also being deeply committed to the things we want and um Mm -hmm. yeah your commitment to connection and friendship has yeah resulted in so much beauty (laughs) thanks that was that was beautiful (laughs) and I will reflect it back to you creating I mean you've been here one year and you've created so much tangible connections for others. Mel facilitates uh, weekly dinners in her home, going deep on certain questions and bringing people together on a much deeper level from all walks of life. And then now has created a club bridging the gap between Portuguese and foreigners, because there is a big gap here. And that's something that, that a lot of people don't talk about. And you've been active in facilitating so much connection and growth I always say that my life in the U.S. was very polarized in the sense I did spend a lot of time with people who were similar economic levels or job backgrounds or like me and when you become an expat in a city there's also this this diversity which is beautiful and I think our the quality of our lives is defined by the quality of our relationships and when you have diverse relationships it's it's where the inspiration it's where the ideas come from but like what Willow was talking about, you know, bridging the gap between any culture or people or ideas takes a, a humility and an openness. And I think mm-hmm. we all we all want that. But it, whether it's a romantic relationship or building a community, like there's differences that are yeah. very real um, mm-hmm. that take time to to like really merge and integrate. Right. And it's happening. 
Anyway, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go out and have a party as we do <laughs> most every night. <laughs> Pretty much. Because Will and I love being social. Yes. But you can follow along on her Instagram. <laughs> I'm sure there's many beautiful episodes on this podcast, but let's just celebrate Willow for telling mm. her own story and the heart and soul behind. Thank you. And you always, I believe you always have to do something yourself before you have to be the teacher. So we saw today that Willow is the real deal in terms of Mm. having carved her own path. And yes, you're teaching people how to be in front of the camera, but you also have so much wisdom about how to be a human and live your life on your own terms. Work in progress. All right, well, I'm going to hand hand this MC real back up to you. You're so good. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And also for those who asked questions and it means the world that you even listen to this and I'm grateful for you being here because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be sharing my story. So thank you for joining this episode of Carve Your Own Fucking Path. (laughs) I love you. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for being here. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a big difference for visibility and even better. Share this episode with a friend and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode every other Wednesday. If you're interested in working together to elevate your online presence, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram at whereiswillow. I also hang out on LinkedIn, Willow McDonough. Until then, cheers to carving your own fucking path. I love you.